Very good morning to all of you. Great to see you here. Welcome to the Bethel this morning. I'm glad that you could join us for our service of worship and, and thanksgiving and remembrance of our Lord Jesus this morning. I'm going to ask Jack to come and open our service by reading um, Psalm 34. and He's going to be reading from the message. Psalm 34. I bless God every chance that I get, and my lungs expand with praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. Join me in spreading the news. Together, let's get the word out. God met me more than halfway. He freed me from anxious fears. Look at him and give him your warmest smile. And never hide your feelings from him. When I was desperate, I called out. And God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us whilst we pray. Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. And blessed are you who run to him. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens the door to all his goodness. Young lions on the prowl get hungry, but God seekers are always full of God. Come children, listen closely. I'll give you a lesson in God worship. Who out there has a lust for life? Can't wait for each day to come, beauty upon beauty. Guard your tongue from profanity, and no more lying through your teeth. Turn your back on sin, and do something good. Embrace peace, and don't let it get away. God keeps an eye on his friends, his ears pick up every moan and groan. God won't put up with rebels. He'll cull them from the pack. Is anyone crying for God's help? God is listening. Ready to rescue you. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Disciples so often get into trouble. Still, God is there every time. He is your bodyguard, shielding every bone, and not even a finger will get broken. The wicked commit slow suicide and waste their lives hating the good. God pays for each slave's freedom. No one who runs to him losing out. Thank you, Jack. Some nice, interestingly, differently phrased bits in that psalm aren't there for us to think about. And the first verse was, uh, Bless God every chance I get, my lungs expand with his praise. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to stand and expand our lungs and praise uh, our Lord. Praise the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O oh, my soul, praise him for he is thy health and salvation. 
Let's pray together. Father, that's, that's why we've come here this morning, to offer you our praises, to sing our praises, to, to read of you, and just to concentrate on you for a bit of time this morning. Our creator, our sustainer, the one who looks after us in all circumstances, whether they be um, easy or tough, we know, Lord, that you are watching over us and that you love us. And we thank you for this. And we pray that, that we will know your presence this morning um, and that we will go away from this place feeling rested and full of your spirit and closer to you uh, maybe than, than when we have arrived. We pray for your blessing on us as we read your word together and remember your lovely son. Uh, and we pray for your blessing on those who can't be with us this morning as well. Uh, give them your peace. Um, and Lord, may our praise rise to you like incense. In Jesus' name, Amen. News, but if anybody has anything they'd like us to pray for now, please speak up. Let's pray together. Father, we we've already read and sung, and we know that you love each of your children, and that. Uh, you care for each of us and protect each of us. Um, we know that, Lord, but we do find it difficult sometimes when people suffer to understand why that might be. We know that you have a plan and that uh, you know best, Lord, and we pray that you help us to appreciate that. Father, we just heard about um, Derek Charlotte's dad and... Um, Lord, we pray for your, for your blessing on the family as they come to terms with this news. Um, be close to them and tell them to know your strength and your support and our support. Help us to um, help them through this difficult time. Father, we pray as well that you'll be with Haley's friend, um, Kylie, who's obviously very troubled. We pray that you'll um, help Haley with her um, bring her some peace bring her some uh, some answers to whatever is, is troubling her we pray that you'll be with um, Chelsea as she uh, goes through this court hearing and that, that your justice will prevail we pray for Grace from uh, Reading Group who's lost her nephew we pray that you'll be close to the family there as well, and um, help to know your your love. We've been hearing about our brothers and sisters in Congo, uh, and it is heartening news that they have been released from, from the kidnap situation, but we know as well what a difficult situation it is in Congo. We pray um, that you will be close to your children there, um, and and help us to help them in whatever way we can. And Father, we think as well of, of uh, Haiti, the earthquake on Tuesday, and uh, it's staggering how many people have died and are suffering there. And we, we don't understand, Lord, but we pray that you'll be close to those um, who have lost family and friends. We, we pray that you'll help us to do what we can. But Lord, most of all, we know the only answer to all of these things is that you send Jesus back soon. And 
And we pray that that will happen. We know there will be more trouble before then, uh, but that he is the only answer to this world's troubles. Please, Lord, send him soon. Um, and help us to do what we can in the meantime. Lord, thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to read together again. I've asked Ruth if she'll come and lead us reading Matthew chapter 19, please. Matthew chapter 19. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea, to the other side of Jordan. Large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore what God has joined together, let man not separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, and marries another woman, commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way. Others were made that way by men. And others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Now a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? the man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honour your father and mother, and love your neighbour as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who can then be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, 
but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Lots of things in the second bit of that chapter about what is really important in our life and it's, you know, it's not about our possessions it's, it's not about our family even it says at the end there it's about living for Jesus let's, let's sing together it's hard isn't it but um, let's sing together an aspirational prayer Jesus all for Jesus all I am and have and ever hope to be for it's only in your will that I am free Mark is going to come and exhort us now. Please, go on, Mark. <laughs> Morning, everybody. There are at times when you were, when, when one is addressing a, a, a church, where the news that has been a few minutes previous suddenly makes the exhortation you've got in front of you not feel totally relevant. So uh, with, with that initial thought, I'll plough on regardless because I'm not skillful enough or adept enough to, uh, to alter what I thought about and prepared in any other way. It was at the end of last year, at the MB Away Day, where we were discussing you know, who would try and have a, an oversight over which areas of work and responsibility in our church that um, I was allotted um, out of a, a variety of short straws um, pre- preaching and outreach, with an immediate and <coughs> pressing goal of, of trying to, to bring the church together to review particularly our, our Sunday evening services and, and, and how we try and reach out and preach and teach the gospel. And so my thoughts this morning are very much focused around some of the principles um, on that idea. There are, in our Bibles, aren't there, very many different responses to the call of the Lord to preach. And I was sat there brainstorming, we think of Moses. And Moses said, oh, you know, Send somebody else. I, I don't want to go and speak to Pharaoh. Send somebody else. I, I, I just don't know what to say. I'm not that sort of person. Then it was Jonah. God said, "Go, go to Nineveh," and uh, Jonah went that way. You know, a, a direct again refusal. Then there was Samuel, who heard the voice of God, but needed guidance as to what to do next. Then there was Joshua, who boldly declared, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then there were the disciples, if we've been doing the reading plan over the last few weeks, Matthew 4, Jesus said, Come and follow me, and, and, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once, they left their nets and followed him. And then I thought about Isaiah, and let's go there together. Isaiah chapter 6.
one of these awesome um, visions that, that, that Isaiah receives. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraph each, with six wings, with two wings they covered their faces, with two their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah says, Woe to me! I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my, my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar, and with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of a Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. The ultimate response to, to the divine call from the Lord. And what was it then that we just thought about with this vision that precipitated this, this awesome response from the prophet? Well, we've got this you know, the, 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 the national background of, of Israel, of, of, of their disobedience, set against this sublime and, and awesome vision of the throne room and, and of the Lord who sat there. And with it, this deep realisation within Isaiah, the contrast was there for him about the Lord and about his own sinfulness and, and that resultant repentance. Uh, and, and the forgiveness that, that is offered there, which, which brings about the response from, from Isaiah, that, the answer to that divine question. Uh, and it seems very much as if this was an instant response, straight from the heart of the prophet, in, in the response to what had been offered. He didn't ask what he had to do, where he was going, the pay, the danger, whether people wanted to hear him, whether anybody would be there with him as he did it. This was just a sincere and godly desire to answer that call. Let's jump forward to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 14. In a few days in, in Matthew we'll be reading about the Olivet Prophecy. Uh, and near the beginning of this the Lord Jesus Christ foretells the good news of the coming kingdom of God that we preached to the entire world. Matthew 24, sorry, um, verse 14. And Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now, this verse isn't a commission. This verse, neither to the first century apostles or ourselves, wasn't wasn't a commission to go and preach. This is a, a statement of fact, a very simple statement of fact, prophesying that the entire world will hear the gospel preached as a witness, and then God will act to bring about the present age of man. But we know that the Lord Jesus Christ does give a commission. A few pages later on, Matthew 28, 
and, uh, and, and verse 19. And this commission is to the disciples and through them ourselves. Matthew 28 verse 19. Go therefore, he says, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, Matthew 28, the, the Great Commission, as, as it's often called in our headings in, in our Bibles, is more than preaching as a witness. Because included within the scope of the Commission, there is an emphasis on the entire process of conversion, on feeding, on growing, on, on overcoming. And it's that term, make disciples, in verse 19, which is, which is a key phrase. If anybody's got a, a King James Version, what have we got? We've got teach. And, and that's not a wrong translation, as long as we understand that teaching is a process. Not all of the teaching required to make a disciple can occur in just providing a witness. That is to say, the events that, say, we might class as outreach as a church are, are not enough to make um, a disciple. Not that that means that they're not relevant or have no place, but they're not of themselves enough. Just having a preaching service or preaching formal activities that we do, again, of themselves, are not enough. That there is a progression. You know, it... it it isn't people come to preaching service, then they're baptised, then they don't go to preaching service because that, that's no longer relevant. It, it's just then breaking a the bread and Bible class. As if the preaching service isn't for me because I've already answered the call. There are major differences between witnessing, showing people Christ and making disciples. At, at best, preaching the gospel to the world we might say our preaching service, our, our outreach activities, begin that process of making disciples. The disciples are, are created through regular spiritual feeding, which engenders that believing response in those who hear. There's a second factor in the Great Commission as well, verse 20. Observe all things that I have commanded you, Observing all things, you know, that, that can't be done merely through making a witness, whether that's an outreach activity that we put on or, or, or a gospel service. Observing all things is, is a lifelong project. It's, it's a lifelong requirement that requires the structure and the nurture of a church, of brothers and sisters. And that's why God created the format of a church, to provide for that. To provide a variety of ways to do this through the, 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 the scores of things that we do every week, every month. Whether that's formal services, whether it's brothers and sisters meeting informally in, in cell groups, whether it's the internet discussion forum, whether it's talking over lunch. These are all ways in which we as a church help make disciples. Let's jump forward again to a, a few points from Ephesians in chapter 4. 
just to reinforce that, that point for us really Ephesians 4 and verse 11 it was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evan- evan- evangelists some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 16, From him, the Lord Jesus Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we recognise, don't we, that that we don't just get baptised and then that's it. It, it, there is a continuing process at work in the church within ourselves hopefully so this command to teach the nations, to make disciples of many nations, is about more than, than, than getting visitors to listen to a preaching service or, or attend an outreach event it's a commission for every brother and sister and the church as a whole to continue to help one another in a lifelong spiritual development process. And it could be argued that in, that in Matthew, um, in chapter 28, that those verses that we looked at, that the witnessing is included. Jesus is primarily emphasising the feeding of the flock, just as he did in John 21. For it, it's the call, the elect God's children, who, who are, throughout Scripture, God's, God's primary and greatest concern these called out ones being prepared to inherit the kingdom of God and it takes a great deal of feeding and experience with God for the Lord Jesus Christ to be formed in us so the gospel message then is much more than just an announcement or a basic truth to be impressed upon people who don't believe it the gospel message and the services that we put together for, for preaching are just as applicable to brothers and sisters as they are to people who don't yet believe. If we're not sure, let's go to Romans. In Paul's letter to Romans, he commends the congregation at Rome because of their faith. And, and you know, wow, if, if, if words like this were recorded about our church... You know, we feel somewhat special, I think. Romans chapter 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. So, here we are, we've got a faithful congregation known throughout the, the world here, Paul says. It, it was established, it was thriving. And yet Paul says, verse 15, that is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you at Rome. Why did Paul want to preach to them? They were converted. Their faith was known throughout the world. This was about the process of spiritual development, preaching the gospel to them. And, And how did he plan to, to spiritually develop them, he was going to preach the gospel. He desired to preach it to people who were already converted. In fact, to those who were already so well established in the faith, that others had heard about their faith. 
It wasn't that they were weak. They were strong. And this shows the responsibility that we have in our preaching work, whether it was the apostles of old or or us today to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, not just to people who don't believe, but to the church. Our attendance at our gospel preaching services should be as much about our spiritual development as it is about reaching out to those who don't believe. The apostle is referring to feeding the flock and and preaching the whole counsel of God throughout many of of the events and the preaching things that he does uh, in Acts, that's Paul, in, in some detail. The gospel, the word of God, when, when we look at the things that, that Paul talks about and the way it's described throughout the New Testament letters, includes the entirety of Scripture. God, God's focus is on preparing his children now to, to share that relationship with him. He wants us to, to live now, to prepare ourselves, to be like his image, to live according to his will. And to achieve that goal, he requires us to, to expand on that base that, that we understood and, and we learnt as, as we were babes in Christ and, and pre our conversion. God wants each of his children to, to apply the full teaching of scripture throughout every possible situation in, in their lives. And we see that, don't we, through the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God's message is called the the gospel of the kingdom of God. And and we see the Lord Jesus Christ at Matthew 19 and in Matthew 20 tomorrow, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Uh, All the way through this, uh, the the emphasis is on um, the end. God calls it by, by what it ends with. And yet the teaching is about the process of getting there. When the Lord Jesus Christ says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto, in actuality he's not talking about what the kingdom of heaven will be like, what the kingdom of God will be like, but the process of, of achieving that by grace, of, of the journey that we're heading on towards the kingdom. And the gospels and scripture throughout includes all that material that we need to get there, as well as other information that could be helpful or to provide background to to the instructions he's given us. The gospel of the kingdom of God, the things about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, is is a huge umbrella. A huge umbrella under which is is a massive amount of teaching. And each piece of that knowledge contained is necessary to, to, to... to feed that mankind can have salvation by being born into God's family into his kingdom because of the things that we remember now the, the resurrection from the dead you know, we, we can think about the topics the nature of God the fruit of the spirit the beatitudes law and grace devotion to God we might say first principle topics you know, if we were putting our Christadelphian words together, it, it contains promises, history, prophecy, creation, God's sovereignty, providence, 
the way God intervenes in man's affairs. Everything, in essence, that is necessary to call, to teach, to correct, and to motivate an individual so that they can be saved to inherit the kingdom. And the true gospel message is that complete revelation of God to man. In essence, everything in the Bible. This, after all, is, is the good news that we would want to share with people and with each other. So, as, as we think about that, I'd like to sort of consider once again about whether we're prepared to preach with a, with a sort of new mindset. Not that I'm suggesting that nobody's prepared to preach because that is obviously not the case from the conversations that I have had with brothers and sisters and the responses that we share. But whether we ourselves also are prepared to be preached to. To consider how much we desire to grow in the knowledge of the kingdom of God and our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in this way that the things that we put together as a church, our services, whether it's our gospel preaching service or Bible class, but particularly I'm thinking about our gospel services, are as much about you and I as they are about people who don't believe. I've killed it. I'll crouch a bit so everybody can still hear. <laughs> um, so I pray, brothers and sisters, that in the coming weeks or months, as we're, as we're discussing how effective we are in our gospel preaching, and some of the options that, that we may have before us to, to try and increase the effectiveness of, of what we do, that, that we can be as impartial as possible. Uh, I, one of the favourite phrases I think I've heard, and I think this has been passed on to me also from um, members who've also asked questions before of the church, is, um, I'd like, or I think, for me, a, a very individual response and, and, and that perhaps is important because we need to know what, what individuals think but as I look in my crystal ball at the future one thing I'm absolutely sure of is that when we reach a decision about the future of, of the preaching activities that we do as a church is that we will all conclude that there isn't a perfect format there isn't a perfect venue there isn't a perfect topic or series of topics. There isn't a perfect speaker. There isn't a perfect time. There isn't a perfect activity. There will be, I'm absolutely sure, a very imperfect compromise. At the very least, I hope we will be committed to continuing to find as, as many different ways as possible to spread what is the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of our Father both individually and as a church will we be a willing people ready for service or will we be like maybe the people of Isaiah's day or some of the other characters we could think about 
And you know, we'll be like Isaiah and, and think, here am I, send me. Will, will we have that positive response? Or perhaps might we have a negative, a bitter, a critical spirit? Will we be the people of excuses as to why we've chosen to withdraw from his service? God is speaking to us as a church, as families, as couples, as individuals. To step up to the plate, to be a people ready to preach, ready to listen ourselves, ready to grow ourselves. As the end of, of this present age draws near, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ is at the door. This isn't a time, brothers and sisters, to withdraw. This isn't a time to even stand still. This is a time that we've got now to go forward. To be a people who are willing. To be a people who are ready. To be a people motivated by that great call of God to go into the world and make disciples and preach the gospel. To be a people who themselves are actively interested in pursuing the glorious gospel of God, to reveal this glory to a lost, to a dying world who, who desperately need to hear the things that we've got to talk about. I pray that the Lord will be with you, will be with us all, as we endeavour to share his word of life, the glorious gospel of grace, which, which is able to make us wise unto salvation, through, through his grace and, and I'd like to end by, by just saying thank you to our Heavenly Father for the wonderful opportunities that he affords provides for us as individuals, as a church to do that Thank you Mark for your, your encouraging words might be a kick up the bum for some of us might might be just you know food for thought for some. Mark has asked that we that we sing together. With respect to to what Mark said, I'm sure we're all in different places, and depending on what's going on in our lives, may feel able to respond to various degrees. So again, let's let's sing this as the last one as an, as a kind of aspirational prayer, and um, let's let's open ourselves up to to God's will and to uh, being able to serve him a bit more in, in whatever way he has in store for us in, in his plan for us here I am wholly available as, as for me I will serve the Lord would you like to uh, stand and we'll sing this together what is that truth let's remember um, what it is that we are uh, teaching people it's that Jesus died for us and uh, we're going to sing together before we remember his death um, before we share the bread and the wine we're going to sing of that the love that he showed so praise the Lord 103 such love pure as the whitest snow such love weeps for the shame I know such love paying the debt I owe oh Jesus such love Alex, will you come and lead our thanks for the bread?
Loving Father, thank you. Thank you that we can once again share this symbolic meal, remembering the body of our Lord. Thank you that we can together feed on this life-giving body, this bread of life. Father, my prayer is that as we share it together, that, that life will grow in us and flow out from us to feed others. Father, I pray that we will remember that coming here once a week to share this meal is not enough. It's not enough to feed us adequately. It's not enough to help us grow. So Lord, I pray that you will help us to find more ways to feed ourselves and each other to grow in your love and in the joy of the message that you've given to us to share. Lord, I pray that you will fill us with your spirit so that you will use us to further the work of your kingdom on this earth, right here and now. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving up your life so that we might have life. We ask in your name for a blessing and give thanks for this bread now. Amen. Jesus commanded us, symbolic of uh, the one body by by which our sins are forgiven. David, will you come and lead a prayer for the wine, please? Heavenly Father, because we are not and cannot be as white as, as the purest snow, we thank you that we can come here and place before you and acknowledge the shame that we know and now know that your son the Lord Jesus has paid the debt that we owe and we see that as we think of him on the cross of his shed blood and we remember it as we share this wine and we move to say Jesus such love Amen Share the wine together Symbolic of that blood of Jesus um, by which our robes are made pure as white as snow. We are forgiven.
Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for everybody um, who's contributed. But thank you that you were able to be here and, and uh, share that with us and worship together. Pete's going to close our um, service in prayer in a moment after we've sung our last song, which I chose as a song of encouragement for each other, a prayer for each other, and a blessing for each other. And it's Go Peaceful. So let's sing this to each other. Um, Go peaceful in gentleness. Uh, Give freely, show tenderness. And the the other bit of the song is, May you be known by love. And that's my prayer for all of us this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have plans for us plans for good we thank you that you are known by love and that that Lord is what you've called us to the way that people will know that we know you is because in some small way we, we reflect your love and your care and your concern for everyone we seem at the moment to to have a time when we know of so many people who have problems and so we ask you to fill us with compassion so that we we don't run out and we're there for those who need it and can give it to them And Lord, knowing you fills us so much that it bursts out and we, we need to tell other people about you and to share what knowing you is about. But even so, we can't do it alone. In order to bring people to you, Lord, we need to be filled with your Spirit. And we pray that you will work through each of us. Work with the strengths that we have, Lord. And work with the strengths that we don't know that we've got in order to bring your message not only more fully to each other, but to anyone who is looking towards you. Because Lord, we we can only have two positions in this life. Either we, we are moving closer to you, or we are facing away. Help us to bring any who are willing closer to you, Lord. Use us as you can and as you will. Fill us with love, Lord, that we may be known by that and be known by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because we want to serve you and follow you in all things. Amen.